Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHP. Thank you so much for joining us. By the way, one and one isn't always two. I'm not saying anything. Well, it's not. <laughs> Say you have two piles of clothes, one and one, and you add them together. What's that get? So one plus one is one. Sometimes. Timmy, are you there? Please. Are you, are you guys in charge of the chief salary cap over there? Should be, probably. When, when were you born, Timmy? 1968. Do you have any recollections of a man walking on the moon? I don't. It was about uh, maybe about a month or two after uh, I was born. Uh, I, I think I was propped up in front of the TV, but I don't remember too much of it. Um, but uh, we're going back, buddy. We are going back. Well, Jake says it didn't happen, and uh, we're not going back. Would you like to respond to that, please? Well, I don't know. He can he can believe what he wants, the boys. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, you Thank you. That's the right attitude. What do you yeah. What do you, what do you think of? I I don't you know. How do you argue with that? I mean, I don't know. Right. <laughs> what do you think of Texas Tech defensive back Taylor Owens at the combine at the podium speaking with the media, telling <laughs> telling everyone that uh, he doesn't believe in space or the planets, and that he thinks that the conspiracy theorists that say that the Earth is flat, that they have some good points. How do you how do you respond to that? Well, uh, number one, um, watching the sunrise and the sunset as many times as I do down here in beautiful Florida over the ocean, uh, it looks flat, uh, but... Um, I would think that it's mostly, uh, uh, most people think it's, it's a orb, a round uh, planet. So, uh, but once again, I, how do you argue with it? Um, number two, uh, planets. Uh, I don't know what, what he's looking at up there. Um, maybe that's just a, uh, uh, some kind of, um, uh, computer generated, uh, AI, uh, uh, screen that's up in the sky i don't know man hey you know it's crazy because uh you know we have lizard men uh so we've had we've had a lot of interesting uh, people come out of come out into the nfl lately uh it used to be argument between uh taste greater less filling and now it's uh you know did they land on the moon is there lizard people and are the planets and the stars fake so i guess we're making uh, uh we're making advancements in our discussions uh, in the NFL, of NFL players, if that makes any sense. I don't know. You know, it, and, has anybody ever figured out did it, is it, does it taste great or is it less filling? Which one is it? Both. Yeah, it's, that's the whole conundrum. It doesn't yeah, have to be either or, does it? Both. Yeah. No, it doesn't. And you know what? And if you want to believe the Earth is flat, get more power to you. If you want to think that nobody landed on the moon, well, there you go. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, in in in, uh, in my in my life and everybody else's life, uh, it really doesn't make too much of a damn difference, does it? Really? So, um, you know, we just go along here trying to treat each other right and hope for the Kansas City Chiefs to make some good moves in the off season. Other than that, um, people can believe whatever they want to believe. That's the perfect attitude, Granny. What did uh, did you get a chance to take a look at the the new plans for Arrowhead for eight hundred million dollars? 
I, I did. Is it 800 or 300? Total of 800. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand the whole, um, what are they calling it? The activation, activation field or whatever. <laughs> I don't understand what that is. Uh, but, hey, um, I don't think that they have the political clout to build a brand new arrowhead. I do think Arrowhead needs some renovations. I agree with them. If you know, if you're up in a 300 level, I mean, it is just cold and miserable up there um, for at least two or three of the months of the football season. Uh, Stephen, you and I and, and Nate have been up there uh, freezing our, you know, what's off before. Uh, so I wouldn't mind seeing them. I guess they're going to cover up some of that area and make it a little bit more fan friendly up there. Um, there's going to, you know, be some. And, you know, I looked at it. I didn't hear the press conference, so I may be incorrect with some of my uh, uh, my takes here. But did they, somebody said they were going to build some permanent bathrooms out there, which wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Um, in the tailgating area, uh, they have a bridge, a couple of pedestrian bridges, which I guess, um, you know, you see them most of the newer stadiums now. I thought I thought that they would uh, do a little bit more with infrastructure as far as restaurants and bars and and hotels. But then then I heard uh, a good take from somebody saying, you know, uh, not a lot of people. It's just not a place where people were, would think about going in the off season to go to, um, you know, that part of Kansas City and Independence to um, to go out to the bars and restaurants and go to a hotel. So. Maybe that wasn't a good idea either. So I, I don't know, man. I, I really don't. Um, I'm glad they're doing something. I, I don't understand, and, and I'm going to get on my soapbox right here. I, I don't understand. Some of these current players are so peed off about, you know, uh, some of the locker uh, um, room facilities and everything else and the training rooms and everything else. Man, I've been in there, and it is 100 times better than it was when I was playing, um, and, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess everybody wants more and more and more, um, and maybe they were promised that, but, you know, all we basically had was a locker and a stool, and nowadays these guys go in there, they have, you know, all kinds of, of great um, uh, things in their locker as far as, you know, heating their shoes up and dryers and, and, uh, um, you know, they have a hot and a cold tub, and they have a, uh, they can run on a treadmill in the water. And they got all kinds of really nice uh, things in their training room. So, uh, you know, we had uh, Price Chopper used to bring us cold cuts for, for lunch. Uh, now they have a, a, a dedicated chef uh, in their cafeteria, which is uh, a beautiful facility they have over there now, too. So, um, I guess, you know, the more you get, the more you want. And uh, I guess the players want more and more and more. But F-minus, I, I don't know if I agree with that. So you're not happy with the players' complaints about the facilities? and No, not really. I'm yeah, not really that happy about it. Um, you know, um, I, uh, I, I, I understand that guys always want more. They want prettier things. They want better things. And, and these guys have won a lot of football games, and that's great. But um, I don't know. I, I think you know. Listen, every year that you make a little bit of an adjustment in the infrastructure over there, and and um, and they do, um, and they're going to uh, obviously with this eight hundred million dollar um, uh, renovation, we'll, we'll make more. But F minus, I, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, F minus, that, that would be like 
guys, if any, these guys have never been to uh, Baltimore's Memorial Stadium where literally, literally in the locker room, literally, guys, in the locker room, they had a nail in the wall to, to hang up your coat, a nail, okay? So, um, you know, and then in Cleveland, in the old Cleveland Stadium, uh, I mean, there was there was about 15, 20 lockers in it, and the rest of the guys had to dress out in the in the, in the uh, hallway in the in the uh, in the stadium. So, um, you know, uh, you, you just got to realize that um, it's you know the grass isn't always greener. So we'll see uh, we'll see what happens with this whole deal. But you know, listen, I, I don't know if it was a C or C plus or a B minus, but an F minus. I don't I don't get it, but. Whatever they, they, it's their it's their locker room, it's their office. If they don't like it, that's that's their prerogative. But you know, um, just think it back to some of the stuff that we dealt with, and and I get it. You know, things always get a little bit better, but um, uh, they, it looks pretty good to me. A little salty. Well, going on. I like this. <laughs> it's yeah. all about perspective, isn't it? Because you're comparing it to your experience, they're comparing yeah. it to the other their peers in, in current day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, they are. Um, and, uh, you know, some, and listen, it may, you know, Arrowhead and, 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 uh, or GHA, whatever they call it now. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit older. It's an older stadium. And, uh, I think the Chiefs have done a pretty good job of, of, uh, updating a lot of the stuff in there. You know, it's not going to be as nice as these brand new stadiums. It's just not going to be. Um, you know, look at the arms race going on in college right now. Uh, you know, between, you know, you look at LSU, I think they have a lazy river or something in their locker room. It's crazy. So, I mean, um, you know, uh, to me, it's just, you know, the newer stadiums uh, and the newer renovations are always going to be nicer. Everybody's always going to want better. And, uh, you know, but I, I do think that what the Chiefs have, this, yeah, I, listen, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that Arrowhead is even in the top 20 as far as stadiums uh, for infrastructure and facilities. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that um, it's not an F-minus. It's not an F-minus. You know, think about how bad an F-minus is. I have been in F-minus locker rooms, and that certainly is not an F-minus locker room. Yeah, that's the Oakland Uh-oh. Coliseum. Oakland Coliseum is a... I'd love to say what it is, a blank hole. It, it is. Oh, it's awful. Absolutely. I mean, there's literally blank coming up from the sewers in there. <laughs> right, right. And, guys, remember, you know, in, in, uh, in, in 1998, I believe it was, uh, you know, they, before they did the last renovations, uh, our locker room was underwater um, you know, during the Seattle game. Now, listen, that was a unbelievable rain event. But the reality is that the stadium needed some upgrades. It needed some work, and they did a lot of work, and they're going to do some more. And, and um, you know, the one thing I don't know, I've, I've heard rumors, and, and I haven't really had an opportunity to talk to anybody about it over there at the, uh, at the stadium. Most of the guys are out of town now and doing doing their own thing. But that uh, uh, Clark Hunt promised them a couple things that didn't didn't come through. So I think there may be some hard feelings. And I don't know what, what the logistics and how true that is or not true or what he promised or what he didn't promise. So maybe some of the guys are just a little bit butthurt that they didn't get uh, their new uh, fancy leather uh, uh, recliners in front of their, in front of their um, locker. So uh, it is what it is, guys. But it's not an F-minus. I don't get that. And F minus is 
pretty damn bad. And, and I've been in that locker room and, and their new practice facility. Remember, guys, hey, hey, you know, listen, I know, I get it, and I, I don't want to be that guy who says back when I used to play, but I'm gonna, but I'm gonna say, it. I mean, listen, we used to walk up the, we we dressed in the Arrowhead locker room, walked up the tunnel, got on a uh, World of Fun tram, and drove to practice. All right, so, I mean, that's pretty bad. And you know, you'd wait for the tram to come around, and you know, and, and you you were maybe you got the. Uh, the the super mouse tram or you got the you got the the diggity dog tram or whatever the hell it was uh, as they rolled around and you got on the tram and they brought you back to the locker room you walked down the tunnel and you got dressed and you went to meetings right there all of us right there in that one little spot now they have a dedicated practice locker room a dedicated uh, team uh, for game locker room they have helmets they use for practice they have helmets they use for games so I mean. The NFL certainly has made a lot of uh, improvements over the years, uh, and so has Arrowhead. But um, I guess it's what you know. What have you done for me lately? And that's kind of what we're seeing. But if they were, you know, if they were promised upgrades to the locker room and they went out and won a couple of championships and they still didn't get that, I mean, you'd be you'd be somewhat irritated, wouldn't you? I'd be I'd be pissed. Absolutely, I wouldn't be F minus pissed, but I'd be pissed. Um, that's my only take is, I, you know, it's not an F-minus, okay? It's not. Um, if you're going to grade it, grade it correctly, it's probably, I would say, it's in the C, C-minus, C-plus, right in that area. Not an F-minus. I think some of these guys are a little hurt. Um, but, you know, hey, uh, do they? you want to get paid? Or do you want to have nice new infrastructure and facilities and, and pretty things? Um, so... Taste great uh, or less also, filling? I'd like both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like both too. Nah. I, I would like, you know, I would, I would love to have a beautiful mansion uh, on the, on the beach in Naples. I can't afford that, so um, you know, I, I'm dealing with having a little condo here in Jensen Beach, Florida. So, uh, yeah, it's great, and I'm happy with it. But it's, you know, I can't afford, um you know, some of the finer things and that you just live within your means. So, and, and listen, and, and I know people are out there saying, well, you know, they just won, they've been in the Super Bowl four or five and they're worth billions of dollars and everything else. Um, you know, uh, the, the Hunt uh, family and, you know, I knew Lamar a lot, obviously more than I know Clark, but uh, I would, I would do anything for Lamar Hunt and the Hunt family. Uh, they, did a lot for me. Uh, they took care of me. They let me play football in Kansas City for 11 years. Uh, they paid me well, and uh, they put me on their Ring of Fame, Hall of Fame, and, and I am uh, forever grateful for what they did. So to get me to say anything negative about the Hunt family, it's going to be really hard to do. Tim Grenhardt is our guest. All right, uh, Timmy, we can move on to some of the things that are happening uh, with the actual roster. Uh, and so the reports are that Legarius Need is uh, going to be tagged, and he's been given permission to seek out a trade. So there's a possibility he'll be tagged and traded sooner than later. And Diana Rossini had a report in the Athletic yesterday that the Chiefs uh, there's uh, growing optimism that they will be able to sign Chris Jones to an extension that would uh, pay him, make him the third highest paid defensive player in the NFL. And so if those two things happen, 
Are you on board? What do you think of those two monster moves if they happen? Well, I think um, I would love for both of those things to happen. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Chris Jones's contract is put together. Uh, you remember now, um, Chris Jones is getting a little bit older, um, and as a defensive lineman, when you when you hit that magic number of thirty, you start to slow down a little bit. Although. Once again, Chris Jones is playing at a high level, and I would love to have Chris Jones as a Kansas City Chief. Uh, but if you give him a long-term contract and it's you know uh, uh, some big money, you're going to lose some players. So uh, if then, if you give Chris Jones a big contract, then you may lose Nick Bolton. You may lose uh, Creed Humphrey. You may lose Trey Smith. You may lose, um, um, you know, um, you, you name it. You know, another. You may lose Pacheco when he comes back up. So uh, those are just decisions that we're we're going to have to live with uh, if if they do sign Chris Jones. I mean, there's only a certain amount of money that's out there in the cap, and the Chiefs do a pretty good job of of uh, manipulating that cap and doing a good job of fitting people in and having people taking uh, pay uh, restructuring their pay, like Patrick Mahomes has done many times, and I know. Um, Travis has done it a little bit, and uh, Joe Tooney's done it. So, um, yeah. So, I, I would love to have both of them. I mean, I, I'm selfish. I want I want the Chiefs to go to Super Bowl again, and 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 the best opportunity to go to Super Bowl again is to sign both of those guys. But is it realistic? Uh, I think Snead is an interesting deal. I, I I think that you know the franchise tag will be popped on Snead, but I do think he's going to be shopped around, and I think he's going to shop around. For some teams who are in trade, I know Atlanta is a team that's very interested in him. Um, so, if for some reason they franchise him and uh, they trade him, then you know I think Chris Jones is definitely going to be a chief. Uh, I think it's about 50-50 that both are on the team next year. Um, I think it's pretty good chance, 75% chance to 80% chance that one of them will be on the team. Um, even closer to 90% if you franchise and can't can't trade them, Sneed. So, um, you know, these are the things that happen when when you start to win Super Bowls and, and you start to, um, you know, develop players like the way the Chiefs have. The good news is for everybody, listen, you're going to lose guys. I mean, that's just the natural progression of what happens in the NFL. And, and it's on purpose, everybody. So if you're going to be a fan of an NFL team, uh, the NFL wants parity. The NFL doesn't want the New York Yankees or the the, the uh, L.A. Lakers uh, type of teams where they just pay all these guys big money and the, or the Dodgers. I mean, how about the Dodgers? Wow. They don't want that. So uh, that's why they have the salary cap, and then you have to deal with these issues. Um, but I do think the great news for Kansas City Chiefs fans and the great news for the Kansas City Chiefs is their coaching staff has been able to stay together. And these guys have proven not only they can put together a game plan, they know how to win, they know how to manage a locker room, uh, but they also know how to develop football players. They've developed guys. And, and that is the biggest compliment that you can give a coach, even more than winning. I, and believe me, guys, even more than winning, if you are called a coach that can develop football players and make football players great, take a, a, a raw talent or take a guy that was really good in college and make him into a Hall of Famer or a Pro Bowler in the NFL, uh, that is um, a, a big-time star in the column of coaching. 
for for the, the coaching world. So when you're talking to coaches about, yeah, everybody loves to win football games, everybody wants championships, but when you talk to a coach and you say, hey, you know what, man, hey, you're one of the best I've ever been around at developing football players, that is one of the biggest compliments you can give a coach. And the Chiefs have that. They have that. Now, they have a couple positions where they're going to have to address with some of their coaches. But overall, this is a really good football team uh, as far as the coaching staff and developing football players. So I, I, like, uh, I like the idea that, you know, you bring in some younger guys and you develop them and they're maybe they're on the, on the lower level of the pay scale and, and you, you have them for three or four years. And then and the good thing happens that all of a sudden now they're really good. This Legereus needs a prime example, prime example of this. Here's a guy who came from a tough background down in Louisiana, played a lot of tech, talked to Skip Holtz about him. Skip Holtz thought that maybe he wouldn't even finish college at one point, but really turned his life around halfway through college, came to the Kansas City Chiefs, and now is one of the best corners in the league and developed into a great football player under the tutelage of the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff. We've got Tim Grunhard on the line. We'll take a break. More to me after this on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John and Nate Piketty with Jay Gutierrez. We are rejoined by Tim Grunhard on this Friday, March 1st, 2024. Timmy, when do you come back to Kansas City? I uh, come back uh, at the end of April. So I uh, got another month or month and a half left come back and get ready for the draft and nice weather and a little golf and uh but no staying down here until then uh, sarah's birthday is on the 19th we're going to celebrate it down here and then head back why don't you take this opportunity to wish nate buchetti a happy birthday oh happy birthday nate oh thanks grunny appreciate hey, nate, it man did, uh, did, have you started uh, your season yet? Uh, are you have you been busy? Are you starting to travel around a little bit? I I, um, I did. I start. I'm not going to be coming to Fort Lauderdale as much or at all. I don't know if I'll be coming at all this year. But I, I do have some trips to Orlando, so maybe I can come meet you somewhere and we can hang out and play some golf or something. Um, yeah, we had our first game last weekend, and I've got the Sporting Kansas City game tomorrow. Which is a great birthday present for me to get to uh, spend the weekend at home with my family and still get to work. So that's great. Well, they're they're messy, crazy down here, buddy. That's all you hear about uh, down in this area is messy and and the Miami uh, football club down here. Um, a lot of people uh, talking about um, this is their year to uh, break out and win win the cup. So we'll see, I guess. What do you think about that, Nate? Miami plays against Orlando this weekend, and that is a tremendous game because Orlando is really, really good, and that sh- that rivalry should be uh, should be one to watch. So that's a, that's. And a how's game. our rivalry with St. Louis? I know that we knocked them out of the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't play. I don't know when they. I, have to, I haven't even looked at the schedule. I can't remember when exactly they Sporting in St. Louis play, but uh, it's a good rivalry. It's good, man. It's great. And and, and last year was a great first year for it because St. Louis. Won the West and and got Sporting in the regular season, and then uh, Sporting knocked him out in the playoffs. So there's already some good history between the two teams. This is gonna be awesome, man. Well, well, Sarah, Sarah headed back to Kansas City uh, for a couple of days. Uh, my oldest CJ is getting married in October, and uh, we're very excited about that. And his uh, lovely fiance is going dress shopping today and tomorrow. So my wife flew in to do that with her. 
So we didn't have much to do last night. Kind of sat around and, and decided I went on the MLB channel. I was watching uh, the uh, Cubs uh, um, uh, play, I think well, it was the Rockies or somebody. But um, uh, and then I turned down the, the George Brett uh, uh, documentary, which I thought was excellent. I, I have never yes. seen it. Uh, that was excellent. I was thinking I'd see you on there, Stephen, for some reason, uh, but I uh, didn't. Uh, but um, excellent, excellent deal. And I didn't realize his relationship with his father was so estranged and, and um, a very difficult relationship. And, you know, in my book a little bit, uh, it wasn't quite as bad as uh, what George made it out to be, but uh, very similar in some aspects of, you know, never being able to please your father and, and, uh, and uh, you know, Dad throwing uh, compliments around like manholes. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, I thought it was a really, uh, really good, well done documentary on George. And, uh, you know, I, I remember only, you know, I remember watching George play in in the 70s and 80s, uh, just like, you know, in, in, in the World Series and, and, and then the, uh, um, you know, the AL championship games. Uh, but I, you know, didn't really know too much about George Brett, you know, being a kid from Chicago. But when I came out here to Kansas City, uh, Dave Zott and I lived uh, off of Northern, 43rd and Northern Avenue at a place called Whispering Lakes, which um, is not too far from the stadiums. And uh, after practice, we'd go home, have a little bit of dinner, and be sitting around, and the Royals game would be on, and it would be like the third or fourth inning. And you know, George, you'd have, be having a pretty decent game. We'd say, hey, let's go over and watch some of the game. And we just could drive over there and just kind of walk in. Nobody really even said anything about the fourth or fifth inning. He just kind of walked right in and sat out in the outfield. And I remember watching George uh, really from 90 to about, you know, 92 or 93 when he retired, uh, watching him play and just being mesmerized by uh, the hard work and dedication he had to the game. Uh, and he was just a fun guy to be around. It still is a fun guy to be around. But that was a really cool documentary. If you haven't seen it, I, I suggest that you watch it. Uh, it really shines a, a great light on Kansas City, the Kansas City sports fan, and uh, obviously George Brett. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited. Tomorrow I'll be uh, one of the MCs for the uh, ALS uh, Night of Hope, and uh, we're honoring George Brett with a Lifetime Achievement Award for his battle against ALS and I'm going to yeah. be part of the uh, part of the tribute so I'm very excited about that and it's going to be at our Arrowhead uh, tomorrow right across the street hey. from where he had all of his uh, you know a majority of his great memories alright so Timmy I want you to take off your hat as a former Chiefs player and put on your south side of Chicago hat as a lifelong Bears fan Yeah, you got this Caleb Williams of the podium today and he's answered the first question from the media was, are you afraid to compete because he is not uh, he's, he's elected not to throw at the combine? Hmm. And also, uh, he is, uh, I think, the first player they said uh, that he is refusing to undergo any medical evaluations at the combine. He will only do medical work with teams he visits before the draft. He said 32 teams can dra- can't uh, can draft me, but there's only one of me, and so I just he's uh, the, there's a lot of discussion about him and his father and the demands they're making and refusing to throw and refusing medical testing. Let's 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 hear what he said at the podium about uh, refusing medical testing. 
I mean, obviously when you start doing things that's not traditional, whether you're at a school like USC. And I support you 100%. Trust me. Whether you're here at at the combine that's been going on for I don't know how many years, but a long time. So um, I'd say the the main thing has just been, you know, it was a decision with my family and my team. Um, and, And it really came down to, not all 32 teams can, can draft me, so I give all 32 teams. Yeah. Um, my personal medical things, there's nothing there. I played all 30, yeah. how many ever games I played. Never I don't came. remember you being banged up right to the slightest. I've never came off the field unless my it. helmet came off and the ref took me off. Right. Um, and so, you know, my thing has just been, you know, give it to the teams that, that are going to pursue me. Um, so all my visits, I'll be doing medicals, but just didn't, decided not to do it here. And it- all right, so we we all know that uh, you know the Chiefs are number one in your heart, but you still care for the Chicago Bears. Right. They have the number one overall pick. Uh, they also have the number nine overall pick, and they have the dilemma right now: do they uh, continue their marriage with Justin Fields, or do they trade him to another team and spend that number one draft pick? On a quarterback, likely Caleb Williams, and this this is a this is a crossroads right now for this franchise, and it it is uh, it's a huge decision. As a lifelong Bears fan, what do you want them to do? Yeah, um, it is a huge decision, and I and I feel for Poles having to make this decision early in his GM career. You know what? That's uh, you know, Nate Katie also has been known to feel for Poles also. Yeah. So I can All of them. I can tell you that he gets it. So. Uh, um, okay, so as a, as a Bears fan, uh, you know I I I want I want the guy that I know. Uh, so I know what Justin Fields can't and can do. All right, uh, I think Justin Fields is is a heck of a football player and a heck of an athlete. Uh, I don't think he's been surrounded with a lot of talent, uh, especially the wide receiver position. Uh, even at the running back position, it's a little bit iffy. Um, their offensive line has been shaky at best. So, um, you know, you bring Caleb Williams in, and uh, do you know that that's cause he's going to be that much better than Justin Fields? Now, Caleb Williams uh, supposedly is a generational talent and could be, and if the, if the Bears don't draft him and he becomes the next Patrick Mahomes, then, you know, they got to listen to that again. I mean, and that's the last thing that Bears fans and the Bears organization and and uh, and their front office wants to hear is that they passed on uh, the next Patrick Mahomes, uh, but I, I just don't see it, man. I, I don't. I, I I don't know. I you know maybe it's because I'm skewed because I don't like USC and I never really liked him. Uh, you know just because you know I don't like USC football players. I don't like the quarterback. So um, so uh, maybe I'm maybe I look at it differently and maybe I shouldn't. Uh, but if I was the Chicago Bears, I would trade that pick, and I would try to use the, uh, the the theory of getting as many lottery tickets as I can in that first round and going and getting a bunch of great football players and putting them some great football players out there because they need it at multiple positions. You know, I think he can live with Justin Fields. You know, if you, if you had Marvin Harrison Jr. Or, and you drafted uh, Joe Alt and you mm. brought in and you brought in a a, a pass rusher. Maybe the the chop kid from uh, Penn State or somebody um, that you know. Just think about that. I mean, just in the first round, you can have like three picks in the first round 
and 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 bring in some guys that can really and truly help uh, Justin Fields and and that team to win now. If you just you know trade uh, uh, Justin Fields, I don't think you're going to get a first round draft pick for him. I think you may get maybe at the highest maybe a second or a third. And um, you know, I just I'm not sure if that's worth worth the gamble. So, I mean, it's still a gamble. Uh, Caleb Williams, all, all indications are that he's going to be a heck of a football player, but you just never know. And you know, little things like what he said. Hey, you know, so everybody's done it, and it's not that hard. Okay, so let let's let's just kind of go through the process of what happens. I mean, and maybe it's changed a little bit in the combine, but what what they used to do when I was there is. So you, you basically start at the beginning of the line, and you go to each team. Each team has their doctor there. Each team has their uh, trainer there, a couple of trainers, uh, you know, maybe an orthopedic uh, type of guy from uh, from each organization. And they have your file. All right? So everybody has a file. The file was sent from the school. So USC sent a file on Caleb, and just like Notre Dame sent a file on me, and uh, and then you know they go through the file. They ask you about your injuries. Ask you about you know different things that's happened in your career. Maybe they want to you know test the strength of your knees or your elbows or or you know any injury you had. But it really the process is not that long of a process. I mean for each team and you know some teams don't even really visit with you at all. You walk up and you know they're not you know like the Kansas City Chiefs. If Caleb Williams walked up to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, kiosk for lack of a better word, they probably say, hey, you know, hey, nice to meet you and everything else, and they look at his file and everything else, and they send him on his way. The teams that are definitely going to draft him are the teams that, that are, you know, going to look at a little heavy and look at a little harder. Uh, but, you know, to single yourself out and say, I am not going to do this, I mean, how pretentious is that? I, I don't get it. So, um, you know, that's just a sign of, you know, just, you know, it's all, it's all about me and, and, and my, uh, and, and my wants and needs and not anybody else. So to, to do that, I, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. it. It's the whole process really is about two hours long to go through every team and go to every, uh, uh, doctor and, and trainer and everything else. And, and listen, is it a pain in the ass? Yeah, it is. It's, is it fun? No, it's not. But it's just part of it. And these people are, you know, they're making an investment of millions and millions of dollars in you. And uh, you should just give them a little bit of time, you know, 15, 20 minutes to, to ask you some questions and maybe test out some of the strengths and weaknesses of your injuries. That's about it. So I don't get it. So to answer your question, I would keep Justin Fields. I would trade that pick. I would try to get another first-round pick, get three first-round picks. And you can get some really good football players with those three first-round picks. I think, and, and the draft this year, I think there's some talent there that could be really helpful to the Chicago Bears. But you know what? Do the Chicago Bears want to do what they did last time and pass on a guy like Patrick Mahomes and take somebody else, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're held to that standard again that they're the team that let Caleb Williams go? That's why it's such a tough decision. Here's what you do to fix the Bears, all right? You you move move out of the number one pick, draft Joe Alt to protect your quarterback. Right. Then get the best wide receiver on the board available. Right. And then trade one of them tasty second round picks for luxurious need and call it a day. Hmm? Yeah. Good yeah. Thing. <laughs> do you, yeah. But do you think so? They have two first round picks right now, right? Yeah. One and uh, number nine. Do you do you think so? They they won't. They only if they traded the number one pick, 
let's say, to New England, all right, whatever, mm-hmm. let's say New England, would they, uh, so they would only, they, they would just get that, they're number one and they're maybe a number two, so they'd only have two first-round picks. Right, but you could you could move back to three if you want to trade New England and get Marvin Harrison right. Jr., because right. I don't think he'll go until four, and then... Mm-hmm. If you want to move up from nine and use some other draft capital, you can move up a couple spots from nine and get Joe Alt. I'm a wheeler and dealer. That's why I do Riverboat Gambler. Uh, and so, you know, you can get grab Joe Alt or you can stay at nine and get yourself a tackle. And then, like I said, well, trade a second-round pick for luxurious need, get that secondary fix, and then you're off, okay? Then you're running. Yep. Well, if you look at it right now, there there might be – there could be five, maybe six quarterbacks taken in the first round. Thank you. Which is it's amazing to me, and and this is good. This is all good news for Kansas City Chiefs because we don't need a quarterback, right? No, so nope. the last position we need is quarterback, and there's going to be at least five or six guys taken, which will push five or six guys down a little bit more, or guys down a little bit more, where the Kansas City Chiefs might have an opportunity to move up or get a uh, a guy that they really like at 32. There's about four or five wide receivers that are out there. Um, I think one of them could fall to 32, or the Chiefs could move up a little bit and go pick him up. And then the offensive tackle position, I, I was looking through one of the mock drafts, and I, I think I counted like six or seven tackles that are going to be are going to be taken uh, in the first round. Uh, so maybe a tackle falls down to, to the Kansas City Chiefs too. So, hey, so and I know we got to get a break, but if I was the GM for the Kansas City Chiefs, the first thing I would do is I'd go out and get a guy – in, in free agency at a wide receiver position, a guy that I know, a guy that I trust, a guy that can come in and help Patrick Mahomes right away that we know can be a guy that he can depend on. And then I go and find an offensive tackle in the draft. We can't live with both of those tackles, all right? We just can't, all right? So one one or the other one's going to have to go. You, you you can pick whichever one you want it to be. But uh, I think you got to go out and find a young tackle. I like, uh, was it Wandy Morris? I, I like him. I just I'm not sure if he's quite ready yet to be a full time football player in the NFL yet, but uh, I think he's going to be a decent football player when it's all said and done. But the Chiefs, uh, I think they got to go find a wide receiver in free agency, and then they draft an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman if Chris Jones is gone uh, in the draft. Uh, you the man, Timmy. Enjoy Florida. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. That's uh, Tim Grunhard back at this to wrap things up on WHB. All right, the show is over. But Nate's birthday is just getting started. Oh, boy. Look out. Jake, what do you say to Nate on his 48th birthday, please? Happy birthday, buddy. You're a young 48. I bet you feel better at 48 than you did 38. Do you? Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. I do not agree with that. I think you felt better at 38, didn't you? I don't know. Well, I'm, sure do, I'm doing great, man. Sitting Life in is good. Trucks. <clears throat> yeah, that's true, man. Life is better now than it was at 30. There you go. Life's you better, go. but maybe your your legs are worse. My joints, right? you're, not so much. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. My life is better, but my aching back and my joints <laughs> are crying. Please lose weight, sir. Please. Please take some pressure off me, please. Off me. It's too much for us, <laughs> Jesus Christ, please stop. Stop whatever you're doing. You just go for a walk or something. I don't know why my joints have an English accent, but they do. So that's, They're Brit. Right. They're, they're, 
They're, they're British peasants. Are you seriously going to eat again? How could you be hungry? It's, I just saw the plate you ate an hour ago. Happy birthday, Nate. Thanks. We all love you. Have a great birthday. Even in his joints. From Steve. Happy birthday, Nate. Please don't do it. Don't do it to your joints what Steven's done to us. We can barely hold him up anymore. Oh, Christ. Goodbye.